Hey, Hobcast listeners, Sean here, and I'm super excited to announce the culmination of our first giveaway contest. Listeners that tagged a friend on our social media posts over the past couple weeks have been entered into a random draw, and we've gotten ourselves organized enough to finally do that draw tonight before we sit down to some board games. Our second and third place prizes are a Bone Island Brewing baseball cap, a deck of cards, and a set of dice. Those are going to go to Sylvia on Instagram and Jason Memmel from Facebook. Our grand prize, the House of Bob branded dice tower built by our own Dan J. Prang. A Bowen Island Brewing zip hoodie and a set of dice is going to go to Kirk McKenzie. Congratulations to all three of you. We're going to be contacting you real shortly on social media to try and get your addresses. Don't worry, we won't send anybody to your house except the mailman. Last time on House of Annihilation... The crew of the High Havoc delve deep into the jungles of Chult, hoping to find a cure for a terrible and deadly curse. Along with their guides, Ferule and Gondolo, they follow the winding path of the River Tariki, encountering strange and dangerous plants and animals. Now, after recruiting a new member to their party, they are about to find out why the River Tariki is widely known as Chult's most dangerous body of water. I'm Dan, I'll be playing Liani Liana Servana, the Elf Beastmaster. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm playing as Cranston Thorne, the half-elf bard. My name's Alex, and I'll be playing as Horik Jones, the human fighter. I'm Christina, and I'm playing Douglas, the Ganassi Evoker. I'm Trevor, and I'll be playing Rai Vin Osborne, half-elf barbarian. I'm Schubert. I'll be playing Ferule of Ferule and Gondolo, adventurers and guides extraordinaire. If you like what you hear today, be sure to subscribe for more content, rate us on iTunes, and head on over to our Facebook and Twitter. Tell us what you thought. Roll on. We fade in on the interior of a loud and bustling, greasy, grime-caked tavern hall. It's illuminated by a multitude of magically floating oil lanterns. The lanterns, softly bouncing through the air like soap bubbles, jangle and wobble above the heads of a huge array of folk from every walk of life. They're gathered to drink and listen to a band of troubadours play. There's, of course, the muddy and unkempt shepherd, relaxing with his neighbors after a long day at work. A handsomely dressed bard, flourishing her red silk cape as she recounts a tale of courtly intrigue to a new acquaintance. There's a group of traveling merchants, arguing over trade and economics. And a sailor. Built wide across the shoulder and strong of jaw like his human parentage, but also with the unmistakable grace and light step of elvish ancestry. The bard sweeps over to the sailor's stool at the bar, lightly batting away a levitating lantern bobbing towards her face. And you, friend, what brings you to the Firefly's drink? Wait, wait, let me guess. My Taroka deck will tell all. The sailor, Rye Van Osborne. Tips his flagon of ale to his lips and chugs its contents, then smiles at the bard with a big foamy mustache. He belches his assent to her request. She flourishes her cape again, drawing from a hidden pocket a deck of cards. She shuffles them rhythmically in time to the loud music playing from the main stage. Your first card, she proclaims and draws the top card of the deck, showing an armed and armored human with swords emblazoned on his chest. The mercenary, you... Seek fame and fortune. Rye claps and slides his flag into the barkeep for a refill. The bard questions him again. And surely you'd like to know where to find such riches? Holding out her hand for a coin, Rye drops a silver piece into her palm, acquiescing to the transaction. She shuffles again. This time the pile launches from her right hand with a flash of buzzing sparks, and the cards go swirling over her head to land back in her left. She draws. Ooh, the mists. This card is full of mystery and split fortunes. You will travel far in your search for glory, and what will you find, I wonder? She shuffles the deck again. This time the cards fly in a dizzying circle around her. The crowd pauses to stare and applaud at the display of magic. With a flash, a swirl of her cape, and a snap of her wrist, a dagger is thrown, piercing one of the cards midair and pinning it to the bar. The gathered crowd, Rye and the bard, lean in to see what the card is. The Necromancer? The bard's voice quavers. I was sure I took that one out. You guys awaken shivering and huddle deeper into your bedrolls. It crackles and pops as the thin layer of ice covering your blankets shatter. The ground around you is white, 
Nearby plants are wilted and shriveled. Your breath frosts up as you breathe. The tarps above you strain against the weight of heavy, wet snow that's built up on top of them. It's as if you've been transported to a winter wonderland, except you still recognize the trees and foliage around you. They're just covered with ice and snow. In the distance, you hear a horn sounding, and then again, and again. It sounds a total of three times. Each blast is more weak and feeble than the last, and the final blast sounds like the life is going out of whoever is sounding it. Good morning. Good morning. morning, I find this very refreshing. (laughs) Ride jumps to attention. Oh, God. There's a horn calling us. Guys, should I climb a tree and see if I can actually see anything? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Not a bad idea. Go ahead, give me ac- acrobatics to ascend the tree. Do we you use any? In the do you use any tools? Do you have like climbing tools uh, or anything that you I, use? Or are you going to spend that amount of time on it? I have hempen rope. Going to use that to scale. Will that actually give I'll me? I'll give you a, a plus two. Thirteen. Uh, you manage to get up into the trees, uh, but of course the canopy is quite dense. Once you're up there, uh, roll a perception with advantage. Nineteen. You can see that a large swath of the jungle is iced over. Is there a radius to yeah, it? Yeah, it's a large circular area kind of encompassed by this cold winter winterization. And you're so you're on the northern edge of the circle, further into the jungle away from you, the 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 snow effect continues. So we're kind of going to be We'd walking be going into, into it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um I ask our extraordinary guides for ruling gondolo if they know uh, what uh, might cause such a flash freeze. Well, it's I'd imagine uh magic mm-hmm. astute uh i guess the bigger question is is this a regular occurrence out in the jungle or is this something new and weird uh no this is different this is the first time this has happened yeah i've never seen this personally that you've never seen ice personally really. <laughs> uh, i've never seen a jungle ice over personally right, okay i've never seen a jungle i mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Frozen jungles. It's weird. Yeah, Very absolutely. Weird. I go over to Zongo. Is Zongo okay? I mean, how's Zongo, Zongo handling He is shivering. Oh, absolutely. No. Uh, but being, you know, the dinosaurs are kind of more bird than lizard. I would, I'm going to say that they're, he's, Thank you. he's mostly okay. If anything, we're used to, you know, being on the decks of ships in the cold with the wind and the rain. So yeah, I think this could, is a little more comfortable than the You guys yesterday. have definitely been in, in We've been at least this before. type of climate before, yeah. I mean, I could easily handle it. I'm just saying maybe Zongo might not be able he to He seems to be okay, but, but cold. It was hypothesized that dinosaurs were warm-blooded because of their size. So it's likely that Zongo is actually probably better off than we are because it's a larger animal, therefore... More surface area. I was thinking we should each just, like, wrap our arms around one of their legs and be, like, uh, like, leg warmers. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, you you do that. (laughs) Cougar, grab a leg! Okay, well, we we heard a a distressed-sounding horn call from the south. Yeah. Uh, I propose we investigate. I mean, sorry, I was going to say, like, maybe that's something you guys know about. Like, is there, like, a gang in this area or something like that? Gondolo, again, is like deer in headlights. Oh. (laughs) They're asking questions. Oh, my God. I never thought that guiding would cause this many questions. There, there is definitely there, a jungle gang. There is a jungle gang. <laughs> yes. The have you guys run into them before? They're the Venus Trap fellas. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> have been fortunate enough to evade them at every. Guys, I think we should moment. just go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pack up, and we're gonna have to go that way anyway. So. Yeah, I'm yeah. just curious if they've run into them before. What I can tell you is that a horn uh, called in distress. Yeah, we heard it. Uh, it usually signals. A person who is in distress. But someone I mean, must have sounded that horn. Mm. <laughs> a person. What if it was a ghost? That's also possible. Then that means treasure. Magic. Treasure. Magic treasure, because ghosts are magical. Alright, Ryan is trudging through the yeah. snow in a southerly <laughs> direction. I, I pack yeah. up all my gear and, and get ready to move out pretty as, quickly. As you guys slip across uh, some frozen streams and crunch over frozen foliage. You hear ahead of you some whimpering and shivering sounds from a nook between the massive roots of a kapok tree. You edge closer and see that in between a couple of these roots is a dog pile of brightly colored frogmen. They are small sized with bulging black eyes that are squinting against the cold. Uh, of the group, most of them are a bright, like fluorescent neon green, and a couple of them are purple. Nestled underneath the quivering and shivering mass, you guys can barely make out an orange-skinned frogman 
who peeks between the bodies, sees you approach, and begins croaking frantically to its party. For all attempts to croak back at them in frog language, you get uh as as you try that all of them <laughs> seems insulting the the, the massive might have been the massive frogman kind of shifts so all of them are staring at you these big unblinking frog eyes in trepidation they're not sure about you i put up my hands in a in a uh what's it called surrender yeah in surrender and i <laughs> you caught me <laughs> like non-threading ribbit are these the venus fly guys or whatever i whisper to you for rule i'm like you see that orange one you can get high if you lick them <laughs> <laughs> now's not the time right but but thanks for the advice i i, I just say do any of you speak common per chance Truthfully, guys, hmm. Rye feels that uh, this would be a group that might just attack us on the jungle if it wasn't for this the cold. The cold. Right. Uh, I feel like you might be projecting a little. I'm going to take off one of my uh, my hide cloaks and uh, leave it on the ground near them. The orange one kind of elbows one of the green ones, who then scurries forward. Yeah, I like step back away from it so he can snatches it up inspects it really quick and then brings it back and drapes it over top of the orange one nice i give it a solid thumbs up uh and it, it they seem to we all we all give it a thumbs up they, they seem they seem to appreciate it they kind of un unclump a little bit uh still huddling together for warmth but but they are a little more at ease around you mm. Mm. i don't know what else we can Rye do is giving a disappointing <laughs> head i was thinking the only way we could do like to help them is like draw a map Showing where like the ice stops essentially. I mean, like if you just go a little further north, maybe. Yeah. Or I don't know if as a as a water as a water person, uh-huh. can you talk frog language? No. Okay. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cranston. Oh. You don't say that. What I was thinking I could do is maybe like take some of the loose branches and stuff. Maybe start a little fire. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's easy enough. Yeah. It's barely even a survival check. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. There's I'm a, like fire. <laughs> there's a fire, and they're they're now huddled around, like, oh, thank God. <sighs> they see you cast the spell in order to summon the fire, and they immediately start to ribboning at each other and, and nudging and like pointing and poking, and and they're they're trying to convey something. The purple ones are like nodding their heads emphatically at the orange one. The orange ones, the orange ones like rubbing his chin. He seems a little like, Oh man, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, really and like, I just kind of do. like wink and give him. The kind of like- <laughs> As you guys are kind of trying to start communicating. And now that the fire is going, the orange and purple frogmen start assigning some jobs to the green ones. And a couple of them run, run off into the forest. And a couple minutes later, we'll come back with a uh, small, animals to cook over the fire for breakfast and they immediately offer you uh some of their food i feel like we're on like planet earth or something (laughs) (laughs) how does the food actually look like that they basically have caught like what you what we would have eaten yeah like non-poisonous small animals basically other frogs like tiny frogs uh Uh, larger frogs actually that are like more of a like a grayish green color but smaller than than them Mm. Do we got time no, they're, to sit they down are like halfling sized. Oh, okay. These guys are halfling sized, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I somebody asked. S- me I was something? gonna sit around the fire with them and yeah. I guess have breakfast essentially. Yeah, we haven't had a nice yeah. breakfast in a while. I think right. I like your idea of drawing them a map. I That's think. what I was thinking, just like in the dirt or whatever. I think, like, yeah. Well it's all ice. For rule and gondola being <laughs> expert guides. <laughs> yeah. We'll uh kind of draw out a, a map in the snow. So whoever can actually draw a map can roll me a survival check. 23. You manage to orient them to north. You draw the river Tariki. You kind of indicate Port Zaru and where you are. And then indicate to them using sign language and some sketching. The cold area is only so large. And they seem to get it. And they start nudging each other and doing some more ribbiting. And then they seem to come to agreement. And the, the orange one gives his affirmation. And the rest of them are excited to uh, start going all of a sudden. They start gathering up their things. And they're gesturing at you like... No, we're going that way. Mm-hmm. And they and they nod and 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 
it seems like your paths might align. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, they want okay. you to go. They want you to go further south with them. Okay, I so many friends. So they don't want to go, even though they're on the outskirts of the ring. They don't want to just go back out. They seem to want to go deeper into it. They they have some sort of destination that's further beyond the snows. I say that'll be five gold a day <laughs> <laughs> from each of you. <laughs> thirty gold up front or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, thirty up front. No, five I, gold. I think we're piece. guiding them this time. They don't need your help. Yeah, he drew the map. That's true. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can you can percent of whatever. You figure out a way to charge them. Somehow, no, whatever you say about Trul and Gondola, they fucking know how to get money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you draw like the symbol for wallet and <laughs> the exchange of hands and <laughs> goods right. and services. You explain that to them. This right. whole time, I'm gonna be like, these guys use for money. <laughs> Probably that cloak I just gave them. <laughs> Our most prized uh, possession. So these guys, uh, they start leading you on. They start picking out some routes that are fairly easy for you guys, but a little tougher for Zongo. Um, just because they're they're small. They're used to some narrow pathways. They're winding back and forth in the jungle. And sometimes they seem to take a um, a turn or a, or a detour that seems to take you way off of the main course to head south but you get the sense that they they kind of know what the dangers are out here and they're guiding you guys around them um somehow somehow these guys are competent by the end of the day the path is starting to really drastically increase in elevation and it's getting quite steep and you can look ahead and you can see that the next day is going to be an absolute slog to get up this uh this hill or mountain is part of the jungle because the river starts to turn into this series of waterfalls and they do seem to still want to be taking you along the river. You guys don't have any other further encounters that day. Um, knowing that that's coming up, are there any preparations that you want to make before you actually uh, start your ascent? Rye wants to take all of his rope and then every three or four feet tie a one foot loop into it yeah. and then just sort of basically make like a rope ladder out of loops. Oh, I thought yeah. you were going to make us like a rope to tie to ourselves. So well, we all and we could still do that. that. <laughs> we could still do that. Yeah. So I have rope. I'll do that with mine, I guess. All you right, do sweet. your just, just in case we town. need it. Um, mm-hmm. I do have uh, <laughs> strap into my back. Piddens and rope and a hammer for climbing okay. if we need to. So yeah, if you guys get to anything that's super steep, you seem yeah. to be prepared Pearl for that. has some rope as well, so he... Um, Sacrifices some to the god of rope. You cut it up. Yeah, he just (laughs) starts burning it. Yeah, I burn it in a fire. I'm confused. And now, (laughs) hopefully, the god of rope will um, aid us. What's the god's name? Rain rope. Ropey. Horik brought another hundred feet of rope for. <laughs> just don't let him for sacrifice it. Horik also has a ladder. He does. Yeah, I forgot about the ladder. Yeah. Oh. I hope it's like. Is it like collapsible? Yeah. Ten foot ladder is still sure. like. Sure. Like like, yeah, visually, I, I like. Like, to imagine there's no like one solid piece. I prefer imagining it as a solid ladder. You'd have a lot of trouble just walking through because all of us like every row, tree carrying well, it's it on the, the it's jungle. on Zongo's cart. Oh, is it on Zongo? Okay. That's more acceptable. It's like a Three Stooges thing. Every yeah, time you turn around, it's like whack us. How are we going to bring Zongo up? Well, I, as far as you know so far, it's steep, but not like cliff face. Okay. Yeah. And thanks to the ropey, the rope god, like he will bless our ho- passage. He will exactly. just hover up into No, we just have to tie a rope around Zongo as like a good luck charm, like a oh. rabbit's foot or something. And then he will be uh, so you, blessed you by ropey. So you know Oh, I'm a devout worshiper. I think aren't we all followers of Ropey? I've heard hundreds of feet. (laughs) Please tell tell me more of Ropey. His his hemp and grasp embraces us all. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the next day, that's fair. All right, so the next day you guys are uh, beginning your ascent up the, the steeper hills. I'm going to have everybody make a constitution save. This kind of will encompass your effort for the whole day to just avoid extreme exhaustion. 21. Nice. Natural 20. Nice. 18. Okay, good. Nine for Liani. Nine for Liani. Uh, I did cast uh, Bear's Endurance on myself, and I got 14. How long does Bear's Endurance last? One hour. One hour? All right. Liana and town are both going to take a level of exhaustion your level one of exhaustion disadvantage on ability checks your journey with the frogmen takes you a few days 
in the course of that time, uh, you guys could be trying to communicate with them in, in, in any way that you think you might be able to. I don't trust frogs. <laughs> Ferul the whole time is just like, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> ribbit. <laughs> He's just trying to learn frog. Death. I think you're choking. I give you the high <laughs> For all the effort, they try and ribbit back, but it doesn't seem to do much. Do any, will any of them talk to me? <laughs> they will, yeah. It seems like your ability to use magic has made them really curious, okay. actually. You have the spell Comprehend Languages. Do I? <laughs> okay. So- I'm going to have you roll some sort of charisma check as part of your casting the spell to kind of give them the clue. Okay. 15. When you first cast the spell, you can hear them talking about the cold and being still weirded out by it and thinking that maybe it has something to do with the human that they saw that day. They're also constantly talking about the dead walkers and the... Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you see that Game of Thrones episode? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm on Can season three. It? Shut up. <laughs> the green ones are constantly chatting and blurbling back and forth to each other and gossiping and talking about the undead that are wandering through the jungle and avoiding some of the larger dinosaurs that they know are out there, debating over, should we go this way? Should we go that way? And you get about an hour of talk each time you cast it. Can't wait till we get home so we can cook these humans. (laughs) They're with you for probably three, four days here, just in traveling through, getting past the snowy area and up this hill and a little further up river until they start to get really excited that they're almost home. And you cast your spell again and, and they're talking about how it's just another couple hours. Oh my God, thank God. I really hope that this witch man is able to, you know, actually help us. The orange one comes up and says, stop blurbling around. I'm sure he can understand us. That The way he's looking at us, it's... Yeah, I'm like literally just staring at them. <laughs> Look at his eyes. Those beady little eyes. <laughs> look offended. <laughs> I look. I actually look away like, oh, I heard something somewhere else. We'll take them to the king and he'll decide what to do. I, I'm sure that I'm, sh- I'm sure that they can help us out. Uh, they'll either do what the king needs or they'll find some other solution. On about the fifth or sixth day of traveling, you arrive in front of a huge wall of vines and thorns. It's about uh, 20 feet tall, and the wall seems to actually occasionally shift and writhe. Ride is not like this. <laughs> vines? Three feet. <laughs> yeah, you have, like, flashbacks. God damn these frogmen. No wonder you don't trust them. Yeah. Full, on, full of danger. Danger so much. They brought us straight to the danger vines. The danger grass. You have been perusing some of your guide to Chult Manual, and you finally get to the chapter about Grung. Uh, Grung is the local name for the frog people. There is a caste system. Um, Their skin secretes a poison. I know. It gets you fucking high. (laughs) (laughs) Do not trust them. (laughs) Does, Does the guide say not to trust them? I don't know. It says in terms of territorialness, they're quite similar to goblins. They're fine. <laughs> uh, can we figure out what kind of alignment they might have? I can detect like what they're like as a person. Just yeah, you can by... feel their vibes. Yeah, you guys get the sense that they wanted to to murder just us. just murder you. They had a long time in the jungle to lead you into like a velociraptor nest or something, and they seem to be bringing you to their home. Yeah, they need something from us, so they're not going to kill us until yeah, until yeah, they want to take us to their king. Correct. So that's my understanding. Yes. Uh, they give you uh, a few minutes to debate outside the vines as they are kind of sniffing and hopping back and forth along the wall trying to find their entrance. And then I kick a hole in the wall. There it is. And, <laughs> nice. You're too tired. Do you, okay, yeah, so no, when, when you kick it, when you kick it, it, it the vine kind of like uh, wraps and slashes at you and you oh. get a little bit of some nasty thorn business going on in your ankle. Uh, take five. They take five. Smoke if you got them. Five damage. Five damage. Oh. <laughs> One of the purple grung see you do that and just puts his head in his hand and is like, oh, I, really? I like shrug my shoulders and I'm like, you didn't, you didn't tell me. A couple of the green grung pop back over and point out, oh, uh, the secret entrance. It's through over here. And uh, they take you to a small little clearing in the vines, which is totally hidden from view unless you're at exactly the right angle. By squeezing, basically everybody except for Zongo would be able to get in here. Gondolo volunteers to stay with the dinosaur. Oh, yeah. The grungs lead you through what is actually a twisting maze within this thorn wall. Twisting maze of thorny brambles and vines. Locks at your skin and your backpack. You emerge totally scratched up 
So as you step out of the wall, ahead of you, you see that small lake surrounded by reed huts, ferns, and giant lily pads. Rising up from a flat island in the middle of the lake is a 60-foot tall shrine made of painted mud bricks shaped in the likeness of a giant toothed frog. The statue has giant glossy green eyes, red lips, and absurd smiling maw. Stairs climb from the lakeshore to an open doorway carved into the frog's belly. And you can see that on that small island, there are several small grung with bright orange skin and short bows standing guard outside of it. As you come in, a few grungs come from the hovels and the huts over to greet the band that brought you in, and they stare curiously at you. How are they reacting to the group that brought us in? They are greeting them as like returned heroes like oh, they're okay. like oh thank god you've returned so there's some like familial hugs there's little baby grung come up and are like Aww. and uh they get, some, so pat- they get some pats on the heads and how could anybody not trust them a couple grung are sent to bring over these giant broadleaf canoes and then the frogmen paddle you across to the central island oh we're okay we're sailors we can do this. I'm not. I need their help. Oh. They, there's, there's, you're, you're amphibious. Yeah. <laughs> you guys get to the central aisle. You can see now that there are eight guards standing outside the central shrine, and they all lead you up along with this captain that brought you in into the central chamber. The interior of the shrine is one large hollow room. Just inside the entrance, there's a clear pool of water, which is filled with this phosphorescent fungi illuminating the whole pool with like soft dreamy hues there's a red-skinned grung along with a half dozen blue-skinned smaller grungs that are fussing with the fungi and tossing flower petals around and making it look all nice at the back of the shrine there's an elevated semicircular basin of water kind of like a big wading pool that's kind of 10 feet above you and you can see wallowing in there is a huge grung with gold skin on its brow is a golden circlet, and the orange grung goes up to him, starts riveting, and passes the cloak onto the second highest step in front of the king. Can I overhear them? You have your spell cast already? Yeah, man. Okay. My liege, Lord Groak, we out in the jungle encountered many strange things. The undead threat is not just around us, but pervasive. Many eggs we have inspected, both of dinosaurs and of other creatures, all of them being born dead or undead. On our sixth day of travel, we were beset by a frigid cold, unlike anything I have ever seen before. The trees themselves turned to ice, and the water in the air stuck to our skin, causing us unimaginable pain. These adventurers, which we can only assume are from Port Nyanzaru, have brought out a wizard. I think that this wizard can help you in your quest. King Groak stands up, inspects all of you with these giant eyes. Look like they're so bulgy that they're about to fall out of his head. How big is he? He is still small, yeah. but... He's super fat. He <laughs> Biggie Smalls. Opulent. Hey. He's, he's, he's more round yeah, than tall. He's obviously got it going on. Um... Rye's okay with Biggie Smalls, frog man. Why is he He's okay all gold, you know. You're, you're the Tupac to his Biggie Smalls. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, the king stands up, inspects you, his bulgy eyes turning from each one to you. Rourke, can they understand us? I, are we able to communicate with them in any way? Rourke replies, I haven't been able to understand them, but I'm fairly certain at least the wizard has some inkling of what I'm talking about. I nod. Grok sees you nod. Good, good, good. Kook, Kirk. One of the blue grung and the red grung rush over. These shall be the aid that you need for our ceremony. Prepare them so that we can be visited by Nang Nang and we'll be able to save our people. The grung take you back outside. The red grung appears to be like some sort of priestess or shaman tries her best to communicate with you and, and you, you know, nod and bob your head along and mm-hmm. indicate that you're getting where she's going. Says, we are trying to save our people and and, and if you'll you'll come with me, I can show you what it is that we're trying to do. And, and she takes you over and you can see that there's some large clutches of tadpole sacks in the large pool or the pond. You can see whatever's forming inside it is already black and rotten and gray. Oh, and, yeah. oh yeah. sure. And she's obviously really freaked out by this. 
I really hope you understand what I'm talking about, but something's happening to our young, and the king believes that if we can summon the goddess Nang Nang, he can mate with her and, and create children that will be impervious to whatever this disease is. I hope you can help me. I have ideas for how to do this, but I just am not sure. Maybe I just go kind of like, you know, like show me what you... Yeah. working on. <laughs> sure. Uh, she looks around uh, and looks at the other grung and seems to think for a couple minutes. I'll get you to roll an insight. 16. She seems like nervous about what she's going to try and say to you and wants to get away from the other grung so that you, she can talk to just you guys. Okay. When I go like show me and we start to walk, I kind of motion to the other guy like, no, it has to be between us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> magic Just to magic, you know. Crook, <laughs> Crook seems to see what you're doing and is like, yes, yes, I, I must speak to the wizard by myself. This is this is magic speak. And, uh, and I'm nodding my head real big, like, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> magic. And, uh, Start shooting fire out of your hands. <laughs> the other grunks are like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, man. oh man. And they like plug their ears and walk away. <laughs> she says to you, King Grok is basically out of his mind. I have no idea. I have, I have literally no clue how to summon a goddess, uh, much less have any idea why she would want to mate with him. And, and like, where would her eggs even go? I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> Like she, uh, she she's a goddess. Is, is she's a goddess? She's just gonna leave her eggs here. Yeah, like obviously. she's gonna take him to her, you know, frog plane. So we need to trick him. Yeah, I put my hand <laughs> on her shoulder and I'm like nodding, like in a way, like yeah, we're on the same level. <laughs> okay, okay, good, 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 good. Uh, she puts you in a boat, rows you over to her hut, and shows you guys. She has this collection of pigment pots. And she says, these are magical paints. Whatever you create with them will create an illusory image that could be used to, you know, it's it's not going to be amazing, but whatever you paint will come to life kind of. But we kind of have to sell it that it's actually her so that the ceremony can go forward. If it fails, I know I'm dead. Probably us too. Have I noticed anybody here with a propensity to do any sort of drawings? I, I have a disguise kit, and I'm yeah. decent at that kind of stuff, and forgery and all that, so mm-hmm. I probably could. I kind of imagined we would use these pigments like on someone to make them look like yeah, the queen or whatever, the goddess or whatever. And if that's what it is, then I think it, my disguise would work. So yeah. somebody's got to fuck the frog. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do it like right on the shrine or something. Yeah. Something, yeah. Something that she wants to add or does add to it is that something on top of the paints will have to be done in order to make it look convincing. Like this is part of why her magic just won't do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I can make some, uh, some sounds of their people yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Here's one thing that's going to be tricky and where we may need to get one of the grung to help us mm-hmm. is that we can't speak their language. So we can't make the illusion say what we want it to yeah, say. Yeah, that's a good point. What yes. if we painted her? Ning Ning could just speak through this shit. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So if she acts like possessed or whatever. Mm-hmm. As pirates, you guys are familiar with sails and stuff like that. You could create something that is billowy or catching yeah, the wind like in order to... Yeah, just a backdrop, yeah. Or even like some sort of clothes getting all billowy and Yeah, we can have one of you on the side with a fan. <laughs> <laughs> with a big palm frond. <laughs> Rai, how are you feeling over there? Your compatriots are kind of planning something. I get the sense you're planning something different. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, Rai isn't planning anything. While these guys are planning, what are Rai and Horik doing? Horik is wondering what these frogs might taste like if they were cooked up with some butter and maybe Rye some garlic. Rai is walking away from Horik. He, <laughs> he's just like, mm. Horik is hungry. Man, they've been we have rations. <laughs> Frog-sized rations. Horik's a big man. Jesus he's 280 pounds. What? He's a How big did he even get up the fucking incline? Yeah, you should just be permanently exhausted. He's jacked. <laughs> Horik's a big guy. He needs a lot of fuel right. to like mm-hmm. to feed. Horik requires six thousand calories a day. Wow, that's crazy. I give you some so of my you, rounds. Uh, do, you start, do you start rummaging around the the village for more food? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, right. Rai will help him with that. Stealing candy right. from babies and stuff. Horik and Rai are uh, learning so much. Slumping around the village, trying to find some extra food. Go ahead and give me uh, some perception. Twelve. Also twelve. You guys see a. Uh, a smaller windowless hut built really low into the ground uh, behind a couple other ones. Currently 
attended to by two very bored-looking grungs with spears. We should just go push them over. Yeah. Why? Because they look bored. <laughs> Give them something to do. Yeah. So you go beat them up? We're not beating them up. Horseplay. Yeah. Spear throwing contest. Leapfrog. Yeah. I, this I, I, I would, I would pull out my rope with all the little loops and stuff. Walk up to them and push one of them over. And then look at the other and like, nod like, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> and then I'd take my rope and I'd throw it off in like the, like I'd unfurl it so that it just sort of like un yeah, unravels. And then I pick up the spear from the one that I pushed over and I'd throw it into try and see what loop I could get oh, it into. Oh, sweet! On the other so it's like a, oh, it's like, like lawn a, darts. It's, yeah, it's like lawn okay. darts. I'm playing lawn darts with a bunch of bored frogs by some windowless hut and some stupid frog thing. Okay, I like you it. You didn't have to push him, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm establishing dominance. <laughs> give me a uh, give me a, a range attack roll. 23. Nice. So you have a 50-foot rope yeah. with a tie every five. Yeah. You've got it at the... 47 foot mark like Damn. it's that's pretty far nice um Boing. did you want to give a shot absolutely 11 yours goes about 25 feet the frogmen both see this and they turn to each other river 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 i threw their spear and i'm giving him my javelin he takes your javelin tests the weight of it it's a little bit long for him so he's kind of uh, i guess takes a launch fires it 20 feet and the other one's like Get out of here. Grabs a spear, fires it. Not quite as far as Rise does, but definitely farther than Horix. Hey! He, like, cracks his knuckles. <laughs> Horix nice. pushes him out of the way. <laughs> grabs another one of Rise's javelins. Yeah. And uh, takes another throw. Okay. I'll show you, you sons of bitches. Six. Oh. All right. It doesn't go as far, and they're like... Bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> they start fidgeting through their pockets, and they start pulling out like little trinkets and stuff like that, and they're like... Bleh, 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 pointing at the trinkets and pointing at you and being like... Pointing at the javelins. Oh, this is a... Hey! Oh, oh, yeah! yeah. We've got some gambling going on. Okay, They seem to be proposing about a five gold wager to start. Sure. So each person give me another roll. 18. 21. Oh, Horik gets 15 gold out of that. And everybody else loses five. And then the Grungs are like, and they see that basically all of your throwing implements have been used up at this point. They nod to each other. They give you a, wait here, like five minutes. We'll be right back. And (laughs) they rush off around the corner. Leaving that hut wide open. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, <laughs> That's what we're here for. Your initial goal. Oh, yeah. oh, I was having fun. I lost, I lost <laughs> five gold pieces. Steal from these people. Can I have five gold pieces back and you keep ten? I'll throw you for it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have anything left to throw. So all right. All right. <laughs> Let, let's check out what's inside okay. of this okay. windowless hut. Yeah. You guys pull open the trap door on it. And you see that it is a, a dugout pit about five feet deep. And the walls of it are reinforced bamboo. Inside, you immediately get hit with the smell. Something something stinks. Something has been in here for a long time. You poke your head in, let your eyes adjust to the light, and you see in the corner is a reptilian-looking humanoid. It looks up at you with surprise and absolute relief. I love reptile people. Frog people, I can't stand. <laughs> There's a very fine line in here. <laughs> it's amphibious is the thing. Yeah. He is green, humanoid, stands on two legs, has a long ridge, like a dorsal fin across the top of his head, uh, clawed feet and fingers, uh, wearing a traveling cloak and a jerkin. Does not respond verbally when you ask him if he speaks common. The entire area is filled with the smell of lemons. I ask him if he speaks elvish in elvish or halfling in halfling. Uh, Shakes his head and goes... wafting air towards him he speaks and, and smells. uh and you can smell something akin to brimstone he is looking around kind of trying to think of something and then holds up his hand and and, and makes like a pen gesture on it i toss him a small dagger he grabs it and he starts scratching into the ground name dragon bait dragon bait that doesn't sound like a good name at all your parents are cruel <laughs> Ha ha. Hork <laughs> asks, why are you here? Captured. Duh. 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 For what? Yeah, we got captured too, but they're playing games with us. 
He writes, you see other human brown hair? Question mark. No. He seems a little bit trepidatious about what he writes next, but then he just was like, whatever, I'll just go for it. And scratches down winter? Question mark. Yeah, it's very cold. He kind of breathes a little bit of a sigh of relief and then says, uh, help escape? Question mark. How do you feel about this? Mark identifies with um, the imprisoned prisoners and slaves. Yeah, let's free him. Um, Let's free him. He points to the dagger and mimes that he's going to keep it and writes, come tonight, frogmen have bad night vision. You guys hear the uh, the grung starting to come back. We uh, hop out of the hut. Yep. I wave at the the frog people as they're coming back. They've got like a bushel full of of javelins and they're like... (laughs) 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 Ready to lose some money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you guys spend some time playing Throw the Spear with them. Yes. Throw the Spear. You should come up with a better name. <laughs> <laughs> spear uh, Throwers like by it. Milton Brett. <laughs> uh, eventually, uh, dinner time does roll around and you guys all kind of gather back together. You get a pretty clear idea that uh, she's going to want you to do it kind of around sunset. Um, but your comprehend la- languages last for like an hour. So yeah. unless you continue to cast it and use those spell slots up, yeah. there's a time limit. Groke was like, chop, chop. Chop, chop. Okay, well, then we're going to... Let's get this nang-nang in the (laughs) house. In the bank. Yeah. (laughs) So if we're going to do that tonight, we're going to need to then, I guess, start painting the statue right away. Yeah. In a somewhat ceremonious manner. (laughs) Okay. To make it look like everything here is intentional and above board, Mm. uh, deceptions would be Mm. on the table. You guys will have an advantage on deception because they can't speak your language. Yeah. yeah. How does 28 suit you? Oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it's deceptive as shit. Cranston elbows you out of the way and is like, no, it needs to be green. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are painting away. Uh, Cranston is directorial enough that uh, what needs to get where is is getting put in the right place. The grungs are... At first, kind of trepidatious, they're painting on the shrine, but eventually see with the reverence of with which it is being done, and they're like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, like we put out some candles and stuff like that yeah. to make it look like it's part of the ritual. Yeah, pentagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we've got our, uh, our goats ready to sacrifice. <laughs> the blood altar! Work in and ride. Do you guys tell everybody about Dragon Bait? None of the frogs can understand us. Yeah. So. There's no reason not to. We're all, we're mostly pirate brethren so we broke into a prison cell earlier today oh yeah what'd you find we found like a weird little dinosaur lizard man huh yeah i gave him a knife and he wrote on the ground that he wants us to break him out it seems that he knows about the frozen jungle wastes do you think we could just actually go talk to him like well he doesn't speak he doesn't speak but he can understand us yeah he doesn't speak elvish doesn't speak Human doesn't speak. Doesn't sound like he speaks at all, eh? He's, he writes common. He writes common. Mm. Yeah, he writes common and he seems to understand Maybe common. Maybe they took out his tongue or something. Mm. Oh, yeah, I didn't even check. <laughs> <laughs> Open your mouth right now. That's one of the first things I ask say when I meet a new person. <laughs> uh, so we're thinking of either pickpocketing or breaking They're going to the be distracted tonight for sure, right? Oh, yeah, because totally. They're going to be watching this ceremony. Yeah, we I should do it while uh, the king bangs the statue. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. For uh, it. Cut the cramps and you see him carving a hole. In- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, who is helping with the ritual? Who is helping with the breakout? I think I'm on ritual duty, right? Breakout duty. I'll be. Free... I'll be breakout probably. Okay. Because I don't think I'm needed for. Farul, what would you like to help out with more? Oh. <laughs> Rule gets out of bed. <laughs> I was I was in the cart. <laughs> My leg was broken. Yeah. You're sleeping with town. It, se- it seems better now, though. Okay. That's good. Okay. <laughs> are you helping with the breakout or helping with the ritual? Yeah, I'll help. You're not. Are you invested? Which which thing? Help though? which one? Whichever dog. <laughs> for, for, I have a suggestion for rule. If you're willing to listen. Yep. I know how much you love drinking. Alright. Yeah. And so we got I think the king likes drinking. Yeah. So if he's liquored up for the ceremony, he's not gonna question any little slip up that we Yeah, do. that's a good idea, actually. Bring some you wine to the king. You probably know some drinking games, 
Okay. Oh, I'm sure you could schmooze them. Okay, so <laughs> pre-ritual, Farul's going to try and drink Grok under the table. Yeah. Uh, I like that. What kind of like gestures would you do to try and convince this king that he should be drinking with you? I bring in a whole cart of the finest alcohols and liquors. <laughs> alcohols. <laughs> that this land has to offer. And I say, being a king as uh, dignified and amazing as you are... <laughs> He can't understand. He goes, wait, I don't need to bullshit these guys. Yeah. Just I'll man. just say some stuff and then give them this. Here. Okay. Just do grand gestures with I think he hands. just pointed the booze and pointed at yeah. him. Go, eh? 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 I, and then I grab some and I, and then I hand it over to him. I'm like, eh? All right. Persuasion. How do you hand gesture? Don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do the chicken dance. <laughs> All right, I rolled a 12. He's into it. He takes the mug from you, takes a sip at first, and then does a double take. He's he's obviously never had anything like this before, and as an obvious creature of excess, is definitely into what you're selling. Hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm pretending that I'm like, whoa, slow down, but I'm like, actually. <laughs> Just refilling his mug? Yeah. <laughs> He starts trying to teach you some of his uh, cultural music. Oh, good. <laughs> I was actually going to ask if I've heard any music. You, you're you outside. You're outside like painting. Farul's gone inside with all this alcohol and you hear. Uh, you feeling this vibe? <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to mimic that. <laughs> I, I would get my lyre totally out of tune, I guess. <laughs> Farul drops a beat for him to. Sun starts to set and plans need to be put into action. We'll start first with the ritual crew. The painting has basically been done. You've got a good deception check to make it look like as you were painting, you were doing it for a good reason. But now I need to know how well done is the representation. So I'll have Cranston give me a intelligence check. 14. Okay. Crook begins to uh, do her shamany ritual and saying the, the magical grung words and making the magical grung gestures and anything you can do to make the illusory nang nang more lifelike or, or moving around or anything like that. That is sort of in a watered area, right? Yeah. So I definitely want to be trying to control the water from oh, a, yeah. another area. Yeah, cool. <laughs> okay. You're like behind the shrine. Yeah, like, exactly. Causing like waves and stuff. Can you like disguise her eyes or something? Like make them glow whiter? Yeah, I give her a little bit of makeup to... Sure. <laughs> Make it pop, you know? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, I, I think at the moment of uh, arrival, um, yeah, I, I do the thunder wave, just like a huge clash of thunder to our, announce her arrival, and then start playing the uh, ethereal kind of godly music. So waves are starting to kick, kick up, mm -hmm. uh, spout, spouts and bursts of water starting to splash around. You can see that the, the assembled grungs uh, on their lily pads, and some of them are on the shore of the shrine, are all like, ooh, oh my gosh, whoa. And Grok is standing there. He's resplendent in his acquired cloak that he got off you guys. I pop a enhance ability on Crook. Is the, is the shaman? Yeah. Yeah, just to help with her inevitable bluff check here. All right. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, he, he's there, and he, his eyes are growing wide, and he's seeing the, the waves kicking up, and, and, and then there's the clap of thunder, and he's like, <gasps> and this is where Crook gives a nervous side eye over to the nearest one of the party and is like, uh... Blah, 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 blah. And she's trying to convince Grok that she is possessed by Nanang. Is there any way I can like help with this by just being like, Oh my god, it's Nang Nang! <laughs> uh, Crook also begins to cast a spell. And actually the plants and grasses and some of the uh, lily pads start to suddenly accelerate in growth. She's using some of her like druidic powers to like enhance the, the plants around as if as if Nang Nang is like blessing the area. She starts to speak and, and yell very loudly towards Grok. If you have another comprehend languages in you, it'd be good to know what's happening here. Uh, I could do, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, you cast it and Crook is like, Grok, my child, you who have raised these grungs from tadpoles, you who have sheltered my children, the evil of the world is upon you. While I cannot heal this place, there is another greater evil without. You must purge this land of the undead. That is the only way to preserve the future of the Grung. Grok is like, 
<laughs> and off to the side, you can see the orange grung Rourke is like a little more squinty eyed, like wait. He looks at Groke. He looks at Crook. He looks to the side and sees you kind of like peeking around the side of the statue. He nods and looks back at Groke and is like, uh, I guess. Because <laughs> he he's the one that has to go, basically. <laughs> As that's happening, we have Team Jailbreak. Woo! Woo! Sneaking off jailbreak! to the side. Team Jailbreak! Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, no one can understand you. <laughs> give, me, uh, give me a stealth. Six. Four. Twenty-two. Hork and Rye, like, strut over to the <laughs> to the uh, jail cell. And uh, the same two grung that you you think they're the same. They look all the same, right? So you, you're like, you walk right up to them. You're just like, hey, guys. They look at you and they're like, oh, no. They pull their pockets out. They're, they're like, nothing. I got nothing left. Uh, Leanna, <laughs> you are you are concealed. You're, you're hidden effectively behind something. All right. Uh, am I able to communicate with them at all? Uh, you could you could be like on the far side of them and give them like a pst. Yeah. All right. I try to. I don't know how I would mime it exactly, but I'm like, get them away. Yeah. Get them away. I R- can get in. R- rise on that. All right. What do you do? I push one of them over and grab the spear from the other and throw it as far as I can. <laughs> and then I like gesture to be like, like, let's go get that. And like, we're like rummaging through the dark for non-broken javelins. Give me a deception. Fifteen. Nice. Okay, yeah. So you managed to, to lure the two grungs off to the side. Meanwhile, Horik tries to sneak into the hut. You duck through the door. Dragon Bait is there ready for you. He's tucking his shirt into his pants, and he's got his dagger, and he's That's ready weird. to go. Horik, he's just waiting. Get him out of here. I'm going to cover up the scene. Okay. I peek my head out the door, and I look left, and I look right, and I don't see any of these guys there. And I just, like, puff my chest out as big as I can and try to, like, provide cover for <laughs> Trot to the side, and he's, like, right behind you, mining yeah. your arms. <laughs> he sneaks around oh. you and, and hides yeah. behind the next hut. All right, I spend uh, a minute just dusting our tracks off and all that. And Okay, so go ahead and give me a survival. Eleven. An eleven? Yeah. You sweep away some of the footprints. You try and make it look like there was never any booted feet at all in this in this area. You get back out of the cell and slink off after him. And you guys are pretty much clear. You'll have to try and get out through the vines somehow, maybe next week. House of Bob is sponsored by Ian at Bowen Island Beers. The music in this episode, including Twisted, Dance Macabre, The Other Side of the Door, Hidden Wonders, Mystery Bazaar, Dark Fog, and Brittle Rill, was produced by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Five names for I'm here to say that I want to ding 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 in a major. Way. <laughs>